I'm calling Ben on the phone because it's that day, Thursday, and it's that time. Well, four minutes past that time, but pretty close. Oh, goody. Hey, Ben Lawrence. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Um, so I was watching the new Twilight Zone. Uh, oh, yeah. And so far, I'm liking it. Um, I follow some of the writers on Twitter. Uh, well, actually, one writer in particular, Heather Ann Campbell, uh, who I haven't uh, watched her episode yet. But uh, I'm dipping my toe back into Twitter just a little bit and uh, saw that the new season had come out. So I went ahead and started watching it. And it's good. Now, does, does Jordan Peele host it? Is he the Rod Serling? He is the Rod Serling. And uh, okay. he also writes for it. Um, and it's the, the thing that she mentioned was that they were allowed a lot more creative freedom with this season. And it shows. It's uh, the I I feel it. Hmm. It's a lot more comfortable, if that makes sense. Comfortable. Like they. Um, I, I have a uh, sort of a sixth sense when it comes to TV shows. Like I can tell when the people who are making them weren't having as much fun or creative control, if that makes sense. Like. If a show is like, I'll give you an example. Blind Spot, the show Blind Spot. Never uh, seen it. Lady with tattoos and stuff like that. Uh, people are uh, solving crimes based on uh, the tattoos on her body, basically. Um, I watch that, and it feels a little stifling, if that makes sense. Like so, no, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Yo, okay, good. Uh, so the first Twilight Zone, uh, compared to the second, I mean, I like the first Twilight Zone. There, were, there are some good parts of it, but the second one feels like uh, everyone has sort of relaxed a little bit. Like it's more fun and and things like that. Now no. I'm assuming. Whoa, I'm assuming that. It is a, a an episodic show like the old series was, and so it's yes. a different cast every episode. That's right. Yes. Okay. And uh, and the writing, but the but the writing for season two isn't as on the nose necessarily. I guess that would gotcha. be the way that I put it. Like like it it's like if the people who did the first season they're like okay it's the Twilight Zone it's got to be straightforward. You know, and everyone's got to see what's coming from a mile away. Uh, whereas uh, this one, it's a, you're allowed to be a little bit more, um, I don't know, uh, creative, I guess. Hey, Jennifer's I saw... here. Hi. Um, Betty's not doing calling for Betty, yelling for Betty today. She's okay. too tired. Um, okay. And what I said was that... I was, it was super hot outside. Yeah. And it was just, and that's where I do my writing and listening and stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm just listening to these two white guys go on and on and about random <laughs> um, And oh. then someone says something extra stupid and then I get to write an email. <laughs> so 
So is this? Did you do corrections for this episode, or is this you doing corrections? No, she I did. did. Yeah. She what? No, I did. I just that was the oh. that you guys were talking. It was super hot. Yeah. And also, Ben does overestimate how much control I have over my life. If I don't do things that somebody wants me to do, sometimes he's not nice to me for a while. So I'm not always completely free to do whatever I wish. Well, you, you contrary to popular belief, you you oh. would be, but your quality of life would suffer. Is what yes, you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Because I, I I still feel like I I can't make you do anything. No, you can't make me do anything. I didn't think so. You can but, just make my life miserable for a few days. But you can I decide to do things that I want. Uh, if it's going to be better. Oh, and this, this is something is what we call some. This is something we call a, a relationship. I gotcha. Oh. The, there's there's something that that uh, Betty and I discussed, Ben, which I think you'll find interesting, which is okay that sometimes you come up with this great idea, and as you're describing the great idea to mom, a uh, in this case Jennifer, uh, a small smile creeps along her face. And you realize that this great idea that you had was actually her idea, and you've fallen for it. <laughs> so, so like she incepted the idea she, into your head. She has incepted me and her, and Betty uh, at different times. <clears throat> so, hey Ben. Uh, so I think you heard that. No calling for Betty. I did hear that part. Yeah, I, I did not catch the reason why. Uh, she was tired. Um, and, and I got, I got up today around probably 7.30. She was still awake, 7.30 (sighs) a.m. And then she actually went out with, uh, some of her friends today. Went out with some of her friends? Yeah. And when I say went out with some of her friends, I mean, they literally just walked around outside. Right. Um, oh, although I, I gotta say that Illinois... Uh, again, rising uh, something like 800 new cases. Oh yeah, um, today or yesterday, I guess, because it's a day behind. Um, we are supposedly in phase four, but people around here think that phase four means uh, everything's open. Yeah. Well, the the big thing is this: uh, the health food store that I normally go to, uh, I. I can't go back and I don't know how soon it will be until I can go back because I just, just on principle, um, there was one time, I don't know if I mentioned this to you already. I, here's a problem for the people listening at home. Ben and I have actually talked once (laughs) between the last episode and this, and I can't remember what I said to you at the last episode and what I said when we were just talking, Uh. but, but there's a, there was somebody that was working there. Yeah, I remember telling you at Schnooks that there was a guy who was uh, stocking the meat, and he had the. Oh, I didn't say it was Schnooks; it was Schnooks. Uh, this was well, th- and this was on the show. This wasn't in the phone yeah. call we had yesterday. There, there was a guy stocking meat, had his nose outside of his mask. Well, the same thing happened at the health food store, except that the the there was a, a uh, an older white woman working there who was checking someone out, who had her mask <clears throat> completely off. It was around yeah. her neck. And I, I I went to a different checkout. There are only two. It's a very small store. 
uh, waited for a little bit, checked out by that person. And as I was leaving, I was like, I, I can't not say something. I was like, you know that that what you're doing right there doesn't help anyone, right? Hmm. And she was like, oh, yeah, I know. And she put her mask back up. And I was like, ah. And I thought, well, I'm overreacting. This is, uh, this, you know, dumb. Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, you know, it's one person out of a store full of people. But still, at the checkout line, when you're, you know, dealing with people, uh, it seems a little... They not- have they not put up a, a plastic barrier between the checkout person and the customer? There is, but if if this makes sense, it's only at when the checkout person is facing the customer. Right. And when they're just standing face if, to face. If the customer walks past that and they're still having a conversation, you know, it's it's um yes. At, at least at some point in time, bare face between customer and checkout. Well, you know, you can't control other other people's behavior. You can only control your own. So yeah. wear your mask properly and you've done all you can. So, and then this is the point. I went back. I was like, oh, and and someone who was stocking the shelves uh, was doing the same thing the guy at Shooks was doing. Stocking the shelf with their nose outside of their mask. And I was like, okay, that's it. I can't. I, and I'm like, am I am I a germaphobe now? Am I worrying about this for no reason? But I see the numbers go up, and I'm like, I I have to be. I have to be doing the right thing. Me being freaked out about this is the correct response. It's just that everyone around me doesn't care. We're gonna have. Um, uh... A press conference with our governor sometime next week where he's going to announce new uh, regulations uh-huh. based on reopening because we're in phase two right now and you know and you've probably seen the the numbers have gone up yeah in now in Washington we're being uh, on all the maps uh, we, all our numbers are holding steady. But they're going up considerably on the east side. Uh, yeah. It's very agricultural over there. Um, and I so think you mentioned Yelm. Isn't that one of the places? Yakima, actually. Yakima. Oh, sorry. Um, I just like the word so, Yelm. I think that's what the problem is. <laughs> so, um, but I'm, I'm thinking that maybe there's going to be some, some rollbacks of the openings of what has been able to be open. I'm yeah. thinking that we're going to... We're going to go back under, not like severe lockdown like we were at the very beginning of this thing, but uh, but we're we're going to have less, I hate to use the word freedoms, yeah. but uh, less less stores are going to be able to be open. That's that's my take on, on what's going to happen. The, the main thing for us, I think, is that um, phase four, if everyone were following what phase four means, phase four would be fine for us and we would be continuing to go down, but the the fact is that they're not we were in walmart and yeah. uh walmart says specifically uh we suggest that our customers wear face masks so mm-hmm. i can't fault any of, of them and jennifer was like well you know and all the employees are supposed to be wearing masks are wearing masks and i like rain man said four of them had their noses outside of their mask 
like <laughs> instantly like i had been keeping track um so yeah i feel like i feel like we're going to go back and the thing i'm concerned about is it it may be a little bit like speeding is here where everyone like my dad even told me when we were when he was teaching me driver's ed um everyone goes about 10 miles over the speed limit yeah and and it's fine and and nobody cares but i kept on getting pulled over because i was a teen for going faster so i started doing the speed limit and i would get tailgated people would like hurriedly drive around me and (laughs) you know that kind of thing um i feel that way it's happening about masks is that everyone who is in this sort of mindset um i'm quote unquote wearing my mask or i'm quote wearing my mask unquote it's better um but nobody's really doing it and everyone's fine and if you actually care about it and say something then you're uh not cool come on man what are you worried about that kind of thing there was a video on the public freakout subreddit, which I so I know you've seen it, which yeah. is some lady probably in a Walmart or something or some store where she wasn't wearing a mask. She was asked to wear the mask and so uh, decided that her next course of action, the next reasonable, logical thing to do was to empty her cart out and throw all of the things on the ground towards yeah. the people who were filming. Um, in fact, I, I remember seeing... I actually saw that on uh, Twitter as I was lurking on Twitter. Um, And the comment that was above the retweet of the video was, uh, besides everything else, I think that's more than 20 items, which I thought was funny. (laughs) And and yeah, the, the, the idea, and this goes a little bit to some other stuff on Public Freakout. The one thing I really like about Public Freakout is that the people who have been watching the videos for that long know when something is fake or are pretty keyed into when something's fake. And that was the thing that they suggested was that uh, the woman who did that had way too many things in her cart and was probably planning on doing it anyway. And there's another Well, I didn't notice. I didn't notice that she was in the express lane. Oh, well, no, no, no. They were just talking about in general. Like, like, the the amount of things that she put in her cart seemed and I don't know. I mean They're hey, calling it fake because she she went shopping? Yes. Because she went shopping and waited all the way until she was checking out to freak out about it. Uh they they mentioned there was somebody else who uh was wearing a mask when they were at the store all the way through the store until they got to the checkout lane and then took their mask off. <laughs> and and the idea Just is so the that point. they could have a cart full of items and complain about it. Um, and the yeah. reason why, uh, again, I'm, I'm not trying to be a truther here or anything, Ben. Uh, there are Facebook groups where people likes get likes and clout and stuff like that for posting videos of this sort like they're trying to go viral specifically so that they can be um like good members of this group basically <laughs> i don't know how speaking of is, certain but uh, uh you know what and at this point who cares speaking of hey um, that's a good point but it's 
there's a subreddit called Data is Beautiful. You probably know about it. And there was an interesting chart today where uh, it showed the graph of uh, outbreaks compared to uh, states that uh, Trump won and states that Clinton won in 2016. Interesting. And as you might uh, guess, uh, interestingly enough, the states that Clinton won peaked first and then started going down. And the states that Trump won uh, peaked later, but then uh, went down, but then started going back up very sharply to nobody's surprise. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things, of course, uh, there's that whole large metropolitan center versus more spread out. Which right. would make sense. I mean, Jennifer had pointed this out to me way, way, way early on, that port cities were going to peak first, like Seattle, for instance, yeah. versus New York. Yeah, exactly. And Chicago, in some ways, uh, not as much. I'll tell you what: if TWA were still operating out of St. Louis, I could imagine it would spike <laughs> a lot quicker than it did. did. Did you ever ride on a TWA airplane? Transworld Not Airlines. that I know of. Yeah. That I might have been no idea. before your time a little bit. But yeah, yeah. St. Louis was a was a hub, if you will, uh, yeah. for travelers. So yeah, I it, it strikes me as being uh, very logical that it's going this way. And then also, of course, the message of the two parties. And I think that uh I mentioned this before, the whole propaganda thing, uh, the sort of birth of propaganda, uh, an, or at least uh, this type of propaganda, uh, tying products to ideas. Uh, the one that keeps on coming up was getting women to smoke. And the campaign was that a cigarette was a torch of freedom. That when you were lighting a cigarette as a woman, you were <laughs> declaring that you were free. And then someone parallels that with the not wearing of a mask being an example of freedom. Right. Uh, which uh, really has taken hold. I mean, it, it is uh, they did a good job getting that psychologically linked like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's, you know, a, a good job as far as doing the thing not a good job necessarily for society and it's also you know it's it's if it if the data proved otherwise that would be one thing but it's all constantly coming out that you know not wearing a mask puts you in danger yeah right i still have people um who i'm friends with on facebook who still consider uh this whole thing to be a hoax and to be well not so much a hoax but like overblown yeah, you know, and it's all and it's all considered uh, it's all being overblown by the the dark, you know, states, the deep state, the dark web to to punish Trump. Yeah. And and it's it's oh God, it's one of it, Herman Cain. Yeah, is I in heard, the I hospital for uh, symptoms of covid because he was unmasked. At the uh, Trump rally in Tulsa. When you say he was unmatched at the Trump rally in Tulsa, no. just a second. I Let's see who's him. underneath this mask. Exactly. As a Herman, what? What? Who's the crazy monster who's trying to scare the kids away from the carnival? <laughs> exactly. And, Herman Cain. And, and I would have gotten away with it too, but the rent was too damn high. 
That, okay, so here's the here's the thing. Uh, we, we we've invoked the name of our current president, so I thought this should be mentioned. Uh, there was a uh, a little bit of a tweet storm, a firestorm uh, about the logo that was uh, revealed. Yeah, uh, America first logo yeah that how it's basically a ripoff of a nazi logo right and there's some guy again this comes from me or following heather ann campbell on twitter an homage if you will there's there's some guy who is like um oh yeah well what about this and he posted a marine corps symbol that looked sort of similar but not as similar and yeah one of the people who responded was like look at which way the eagle's facing and it matters. And the guy, uh, you know, not a good argument, bad faith argument, uh, you know, so he didn't really respond to that. But I was like, right. Why does which way the eagle is facing matter? And I realized what it was. What is it? The eagle holds two things in his talents, the olive branch and the arrows. Yeah. In the, so is he facing towards peace or facing towards war? Right, exactly. In the in the standard one that was in the uh, the Marines, he's facing towards the olive branch. The idea is that the United States is a peaceful country, wants peace. Yeah. Now, granted, <laughs> our actions might you know make you think otherwise, right. but at least at least the story that we tell ourselves. Uh, and that we put in our recruiting videos and stuff like that. We do war stuff, but the idea is for global peace, and that's what we're there for. The logo that was shown on Twitter, uh, eagles facing towards the arrows, hmm. happens to be the same direction that the uh, that the Nazi symbol is facing, uh, which you know may or may not. The, the point the person was making is that it, whether or not it was a direct copy of this is not as material as the fact that the eagle is facing towards the arrows, which is, uh, you know, antithetical to the United States and our ideals. And again, I, I want to bring up really quick the thin blue line uh, flag, which I'm sure you've seen before. Probably. Uh, it's it's the American flag, but the stripes are sort of black, and there's a blue line in the center. Yeah. Of okay. it. Um, that's for law enforcement. The idea that it's we're they're supporting law enforcement, and it just strikes me always whenever I see it as a really weird idea that someone who's pro America would want the flag to look different would want to redesign the flag for even to support police. It seems like a really weird idea to me. Maybe that's why they don't want to allow D.C. and Puerto Rico to have statehood, because they don't want to go through the problem or the trouble of redesigning the flag. Yeah, well, and in fact, there are, uh, you know, tons of people have already done it. You can look it up. Uh, you know, they just have to choose one. Really, that's the that's the, and of course, uh, I I've been on websites where you have to change all the icons, and that's a pain in the butt depending on how you have it set up. So I can imagine it would still be a a, a pain for the people who uh, 
have to deal with it. Uh, did you watch the Watchmen series? Yeah. Because that was one of the big things, is that they had the new flag, Yeah, you know, for the other states. And the people who were sort of the, uh, the right-wing uh, folks at that time uh, still used the old flag. That was one of their symbols. And I thought that was a good a good thing. Uh, and yeah. when I say the I mean, good thing, just, I mean it was a it was a good detail for the right. series. Not that and it it's was a, a, you know it's it's going to be one of those uh, things. If uh, we have to have a new flag, everybody's going to be upset because they got to buy new decals for their truck. Yeah, true. Or they won't. They'll just keep the old one. Or they won't. Yeah. And they'll be they like, don't, I don't recognize. I don't recognize Puerto Rico. Exactly. Um, it <laughs> was. It, I'm a proud Texan. It was a problem uh, when Amazon was, uh, you know, operating. A lot of the a lot of the people who were working the phones had to be reminded that Puerto Rico is actually considered part of the United States, even though it's not a state. It's still in-state uh, shipping and stuff like that. Ah. Um, and that's that's the that's the thing that's that's funny. Um, the people, and I'm not even, you know, totally clear on all of it, but the the things that people think that Puerto Rico doesn't do, like pay taxes and stuff like that, it still does. No. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. I, I've never been there. Have you ever been to Puerto Rico? I know you're more of a traveler than I am. <laughs> yeah, but I've never been to Puerto Rico. I've been to Guam, but not Puerto Rico. How is Guam? Uh, dark and cold. Okay, I just transferred uh, planes there, and it was at nighttime. Okay, um, I was going to say, well, that's interesting. I didn't. No, it's it, it's um, yeah, I was I I I had a layover in Guam for uh, it was supposed to be like about an hour, um, when I was going to Australia, however many years ago that was, and my bag was my dad's old army duffel bag oh, yeah. and i was checking in to my flight in hawaii which I, where i was and going to guam and another dude um saw my bag saw that i was going to guam and started asking me questions like you know what branch i was in and all that and and where i was stationed i'm like uh, i'm like oh no this is my dad's bag i'm not in the service but i also wanted to say do, do i look like somebody who's in the military, do I look like a soldier? Hey, Ben, I can tell you, uh, having been in the military, you do look like someone who's in the military. Um, <laughs> no, but your hair looks a little bit too long uh, most yeah, of the time. Especially now. Especially now, yeah. I haven't seen any pictures yeah. of you lately. Get a haircut, you hippie. Uh, my, yeah, it's you know, it's not, it's not down to my shoulders or anything like yeah. that. But it's definitely longer than I've had it in the you know last few years. Oh hey, uh, let's talk about it. How how are things in the Capitol Hill area? Um, well, have you heard the news? I don't know what the news is. It uh, okay? So the last time that we talked, and this wasn't in the podcast. Last time we talked, uh, the Seattle PD had just sort of cleared out the chop. Uh, uh, we were we had both been watching uh, Omari. I don't know what Omari's last name is. Salisbury. Omari Salisbury? Yeah. uh, And from, uh, what is it, Converge? Converge Media. Converge Media. Uh, A guy who um, was there during uh, all of 
the Chaz Chop transition periods. And uh, a live streamer, also uh, a reporter. Uh, very interesting guy and not afraid to, you know, go and get the story, even when there are police and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so that's the last that I heard was just his stuff uh, covering the fact that the the police were putting a new barricade up around the uh, precinct and yeah. they were painting over stuff and it cleared out most of the chop and Chaz paraphernalia that had been. there. Yeah. So, yeah, they basically um, they they kicked everybody out of the park. There was basically a uh, tent village in Cal Anderson park and they kicked everybody out and collected everything in a big pile in the middle of pine street between 11th and 12th and basically just, uh, uh, threw it into a dump truck and hauled it off. Wow. So all the so they, they, stuff that belonged to those people. Yeah. Gone. They've cleaned it up. They've, uh, gotten rid of it. They're cleaning up the park. They've actually saved a bunch of the artwork, and I hear that they are going to try to make the Black Lives Matter mural that is painted on Pine Street permanent. Now, I don't know how they're going to do that. Yeah. But they have they have started to uh, clean up the graffiti on the streets and on the buildings. That even yesterday, they didn't waste any time in in repainting the East Precinct building. Oh no, that that was going on. That was going on during that time. Um, yeah, I, I saw that there was there's like a big green container where they're putting most of the art. Um, and then there's a, a huge fist, I guess. At, yeah, and, the Black Lives, the Black Lives Matter fist there. And that's like or a the Black Power fist. Yeah. Yeah. And they're trying to keep that. Yeah, a they couple, took that down today. Oh, OK. And uh, a couple of organizations they, but, said they wanted it. That's all I remember. Yeah. Yeah, word is they took it down today, but they were being careful about it. They weren't, you know, taking a yeah uh, an excavator and knocking it down. They they took it down with the um, I heard that they took it down with the uh, uh, help of the artist. Oh, and good. So that's that's very it's, good. It's, it's it's being preserved. But Nikita Oliver, who is a, an activist here, who actually ran for mayor and lost to uh, Jenny Durkin, who nobody likes anymore. Oh yeah. Uh, well, nobody ever really liked her. She tweeted out that the Seattle, the way Seattle police cleared out the people in the tents is they went around and they started spraying pepper spray into the tents to get the people to leave. Now I did see. Uh, I think this would this was afterwards. I'm not sure. I did see them going through the tents again from drone footage that uh, Converge Media had shot, uh, and they and they were going around to each of the tents and sort of feeling them. I didn't see them taking them apart necessarily, but I think that was probably after the pepper spray thing. Yeah, just to make sure there wasn't anyone still hiding or whatever. So there's been there's been uh, a bit of a standoff on the corner of Broadway and Pine. And uh, yesterday, when I left Annex, there was still about 100 people or so. Um, they blocked off Broadway towards a, uh, as night grew on. And I don't know what really happened, because I didn't really pay attention after I got home. But when I came to Annex today, there was probably maybe 10 people. Okay. 
at the barricade at Broadway and Pine and more cops. And it's still it's still um, police line off. You know, they got the yellow tape. Yeah. But so the front door of Annex is within the protected zone. So if you want to get to uh, the front door of Annex, you have to have a police escort and prove that you work there. And, and have uh, you been or, doing that? Is that how? No, I actually know the code to the back door, which is unprotected. Oh, okay. So that's, that's what I've been doing. All right. I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. That's that's great, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just for just to orient people, uh, I believe... Pine and Broadway, uh, Jimi Hendrix statues is, yeah, on that's, that. That's further north on Broadway, and then, uh, but it's near there. Seattle Central Community College, uh, yeah, on the on the other side of the street. And then, uh, is the Egyptian still open, or is it? Because it was closed. Well, no, for a while it's closed because of COVID, but it's it's still operational. Yeah, it had, uh, it Sif, had been Sif shuttered it for a little bit when I was living there. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, SIF, I don't know if they remodeled it, but they, uh, they took ownership of it and were showing movies. Again, very, very cool. Uh, Ben and I went to see Big Fan with, what, yeah. like 10 other people total <laughs> oh, that was, in the entire that was probably theater. about 20. Okay. Well, you know, it's, it, it seats, it seats a lot, so it feels like 10, but, um, yeah, it was a very, it was a very intimate setting for... Uh, the Patton Oswalt talk back afterwards. Yes, yes, exactly. And then, of course, a lot of midnight showings of things we'd, we'd go to see, especially when I was working nights. That was like prime yeah. hangout time for me. Yeah, we'd go and stand in line for the midnight movie, uh, not because we were that anxious to see it or wanted to be first in line, but basically because we had nothing else to do. Exactly. It was it was fun, sort of a, a hangout if you will. Yeah. Um, and let's see. So so the big thing right now. Oh, and then is Dick Blick uh, art stuff around there, I think? I'm trying to think of what else is in that area. Yeah, the the, the store that the Jimi Hendrix statue is in front of is a Blick oh, art okay. store. And then was there a Taco Del Mar around there? Or is that gone now? Yeah, I think it's Indian food these days. Well, hey, uh, my preference is uh, I like Indian food better than I like tacos. That's just my my own. Hey, you know, not telling anybody what to do with their lives. But I uh, did like going to that Taco Del Mar to get a burrito. Yeah, uh, McCandless and I would would have dinner or would would go and get a burrito a burrito from there and take it back to the shop. And we, we, we considered those Taco Del Mar burritos just one food unit. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and then we... Uh, is ballet still open or is that that close? No, right? sadly no. Ballet is no longer. Because that, that was a good time when we went there. Yeah. Our spin the bottle pre-funk. Exactly, yes. And uh, so, so many good things uh, that are no longer with us. Just part of the past. Just like Carl Reiner. Rest in peace. He died uh, since the last show. Um, you might yeah. know him uh, from your show of shows. Uh, big uh, friends with Mel Brooks. <clears throat> Mel Brooks. He uh, uh, co-wrote, I guess, and directed a bunch of Steve Martin's earlier movies, including The Jerk. 
the Man with Two Brains, which is a, uh, a favorite of mine. Oh, I love that one. And All of Me, starring oh. uh, Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy, the guy who um, probably now not a great portrayal of a man from India, I believe, uh, yeah. done by someone who is not a man from India, uh, back in bowl, he would say. Yeah. And uh, I was... I, Blair and I were, were going to, uh, the day Carl Reiner died, we were trying to figure out what we should watch. And I thought of all of me, but I'm like, you know what? I haven't seen that movie in a while. And it's probably, that portrayal is probably pretty, pretty, uh, pretty problematic right yeah. now. That, that guy, I'm almost positive, is one, a guy, him and somebody else, I don't know who the other guy is, uh, did what I think is maybe one of the funniest, uh, bits i've ever seen on like a live recording of a comedy show uh okay. he he and this other guy are doing some sort of a film noir type uh act and the guy or a mystery whatever guy grabs something and says maybe this will refresh your memory and the guy looks at him and then just grabs something random from someone else from the audience and says maybe this will refresh your memory and then they just keep on doing that back and forth. And it was hilarious. Speaking about it being hilarious, Ben, uh, Jennifer has What's said that? to us that there are corrections. Yeah. So. Yeah. I uh, just going back to all of me. I didn't oh, yeah. really I didn't I didn't realize that the um, the actor who portrayed the Indian was not um from india i mean i i i didn't think it was a um uh like a fisher stevens yeah problem but uh yeah i thought i thought he was more i thought he was but now, that's, that's what i know and now that's because here's I the thing seen that movie since i was in high school it is quite possible and this is why it's great that we're getting into corrections it's quite possible that i have him confused with a different actor Almost positive I know who he is, though. He's a guy... The reason I mentioned it is because he also... If he's the guy I'm thinking of, and he may not be, got in trouble for doing a sitcom where he was a blind man, but he wasn't actually blind. And, uh... Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he might have stepped in it a couple times in his career. <laughs> if it's the guy I'm thinking of. But it might not be. He just be. has a bad manager. And, hey, if you know who that guy is or isn't, uh, write to us at Ben's email at yahoo.com at gmail.com and we'll read it as a correction on the show. That's right. The Goody Lawrence podcasting is the only podcasting. I said podcasting rather than podcast, and that's fine too. Uh, with that a works. self-correcting feature that we like to call corrections. Ding! ding. Hey, we got the ding Sorry, I was right. taking a drink of water. Yeah, and I was... I was taking a drink of water though, so I wasn't able to join you in the uh, the sing along. Now, does my ding sound the same? Did it sound like it synced up with yours? For uh, you, I don't know. Okay, I, th I think we were slightly off there. See, that's something I was wondering about. Is because I think if it's right for me, it's gonna be off for you. Like, there's no right. way that both of us can be right at the same time. Uh, McCandless I... and I uh, spoke <laughs> on the phone a little bit, Stephen McCandless. Uh, and uh, he was saying that we should try to uh, play music, and I mentioned that we were going to do that, uh, but I was concerned about latency, and he was like, yeah, well, what you've got to do is figure that out, and 
<laughs> he is correct. That would be that would be the, yeah. the goal. You know, we we were close. We were so close. I actually uh, I unpacked my drums from the storage area and put them on stage, and I was all ready to, you know, to jam with you. But uh, but now the stage is occupied, and so oh no, they moved I'm from gonna, the streets to, to the stage. The revolution <laughs> yeah. shall be inside annex. So we do have corrections. Hey, and last week. Uh, we were talking about The Last of Us Part Two, yes. the video game, the hot new video game, and I asked you. You said that you had spent all of Father's Day weekend uh, uh, monopolizing the video game system to play the game, probably much to the annoyance of your family. Yes. And I asked how long uh, it took to play the game through, and how like how long should it take. And so, uh, number one of corrections, the average gameplay time for a long-form narrative game is about 50 to 70 hours. So, for example, The Last of Us 2, if you are trying to get an average amount of experience, of experiences, is 27 hours, but 35 and a half if you're going for full completion. Yeah. So that sounds about right. Uh, yeah. The Witcher 3 is 102 for average and 173 for completion. Wow. Sky, uh, Skyrim is 108 average and 228 for completion. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid 5 is 82 and 161. Which is just a lot of a lot of gameplay. Probably more for me because I'm not very good. And so it would take me longer. Yeah, and for open world stuff, I mean, for me, I just I'll play it forever until I get tired of it. Because yeah. there's always something you can do. Number, Stand on a rock, two, for example. <laughs> just just look out over your domain. Exactly. One day, lad, this will all be yours. Uh, number two, uh, she says, I've beaten the campaign on Beat Saber and am playing on expert level now. Not a correction. I'm just telling everyone. <laughs> yeah, she's been, I have to say, uh, I, I watch her play it. And I was like, and she was like, isn't that great? And I'm like, yeah, it's great. Um, and then she said that she wanted to see me play it. And I was like, ah, so I played it for a little bit. <laughs> um, and then just one morning I woke up and before work, I tried to play it again. And I have much more respect as soon as I saw how difficult it was for me to get even, you know, two measures into some of the songs that she yeah. does. But even... I played it. Yeah. I played it once and, and I found it somewhat difficult. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even, even now, watching her, I mean, she's progressed to a point where even if you've never played the game before, you know that it's, it's impressive. So, yeah. Yeah pretty great um were you talking about getting a tail uh we were talking about it i don't know if it was specific i was i was making a joke about it uh so n number three is paul you may not get a tail people don't have people don't have <laughs> it ends there was, was she did did she forget to complete the sentence people don't have tails uh i guess I, or i mean i if you think about it you cannot get a tail. People don't have. That sounds fine <laughs> to me, actually. It, it makes sense. Yeah. 
Uh, and, but I was joking. So, I don't. I don't want a tail. There's there's ample a, proof that if uh, a, if you get a tail, it's just going to be a useless appendage that will eventually uh, rot and fall off. So what the heck were I mean like like wearing a fake animal tail, getting an implant? Oh, no, that yeah, looks, I what, was making heck? I was making a joke that when it was I I believe anyway if I remember correctly uh, that uh, that would before I get my ears pierced or whatever uh, the body modification I'd do I'd get a tail why not have a tail. Uh, I don't remember that part of the conversation at all. We were also wondering who the uh, voice actress was who plays Ellie. Uh, that is a, Ashley an actress Johnson. whose name is Ashley Johnson. Hey, yes. look at me. I got it. Uh, and that, that comes from uh, playing more of the game, I think, uh, since the yeah. last time. And it is... It, yeah. Oh, and that's why I was talking about Blindspot in the first place. Uh, Blindspot, she plays a character uh, on there. Yeah. Blind Spot was also the name of a show at Annex, um, which Jennifer was in, yes, as a matter of fact. That is correct. And we were also uh, talking about the Saint book, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember that. Uh, and uh, so, number five, the first The Saint book was written in 1928, and the series as a whole was primarily written in the 30s. Yeah. And, uh, interest- and that is it for corrections. Interestingly enough, uh, and I've, I've mentioned this on my Twitter feed, but I'll tell you, the guy who wrote The Saint, Leslie, I want to say his name is Chartiris, maybe? I, I know how okay. it's spelled. I don't know how it's pronounced. C-H-A-R-C-H-A-R-T-E-R-I-S. Chartiris. Um, Chartiris. He, yeah, exactly. He, he came to the United States... And kept on having to get his uh, visa renewed every six months because... He should have switched to MasterCard. What's... Oh, jeez. Nah, oh, the uh, Chinese Exclusion Act. He could not become a citizen uh, because of the Chinese Exclusion Act, which is a real thing. Look it up uh, sometime no, if you're no. interested. Uh, if you were uh, 50%... Uh, and this is a quote from the from the statute of Oriental blood or more. Oh God. You could not become a United States citizen. And he actually yeah. had to get there was an there was a specific act for him. I, I think it was an act. It was something something was signed by FDR uh, that allowed he and his daughter to be permanent residents of the United States. Uh, so there's that. Um, you know, a lot of um, a lot of people think that our country is terrible now, but if we had the internet back, uh, you know, during our entire history, yeah, we'd learn that you know, it, context is everything. The, We're still pretty terrible, but we've always been terrible. Yeah, the the thing that I was talking about, um, I don't know if I was saying it to you or not, but I remember talking to my parents in the '80s about Japanese internment camps. Yeah, and them denying that those were a thing, like they did not agree that those existed. They were internment deniers. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. And I realized I just, that was on TV. I was talking to <laughs> I was talking to Jennifer about it, and I realized that maybe what it was was that, you know, they were kids during World War II, you know, like. Um, you know, it younger than Betty, right? 
And yeah. if their parents hadn't told them about it and they didn't learn about it in school and they had no reason to learn about it in their adult lives, there was a chance they could have gone all the way through up until the 80s yeah. without knowing that those were a thing for real. And I'm guessing they didn't have any friends who were Japanese who just kind of that, mysteriously disappeared. That's also a, a really good guess. I would say probably yeah. they didn't. Uh, they were yeah. both Midwesterners, didn't really leave the Midwest, uh, as far as I know, in their lives. Uh, maybe on a vacation at some point in time, but I don't know for sure. But yeah, yeah, interestingly yeah. enough. Now, I'm talking about my adoptive parents, of course. I don't know how my biological parents uh, felt about uh, Japanese internment camps in the 80s. They would have been, um, let's see, probably in their 20s. So maybe also didn't know about them, but might have. They were uh, hipper, I would say, hmm. a little bit. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of uh, speaking of Twilight Zone, yeah, there's a uh, there's a resurgence, I guess, of uh, reboots of television shows. I guess there always has been. Sure. But the the current one that I saw an ad for recently was uh, Netflix has brought back Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, I actually and saw that too. I yeah, go ahead. But I'm like, you know what, you know what Unsolved Mysteries is to me, Robert Stack. Yeah. Without Robert Stack, it's just not unsolved mysteries. Do Do you know who's hosting it? Because I don't. I don't. They didn't. They didn't show a host in the uh, in the trailer that they force you to watch as you're browsing Netflix. Oh man, I that's too bad. I maybe there's no host. Maybe they don't have one. Yeah, that'd be weird, but possible. Or maybe it's Jordan Peele. I don't know. It'd be It'd be nice if I could pitch to Netflix um, instead of doing unsolved mysteries, they should do solved mysteries. And they should show the any of the old Robert Stack ones that they finally figured out. Show him yeah. and show the entire piece of it, right? And then just have a yeah. little video clip at the end that says, now we know this is what happened. And it's, it's, yeah. it's just that. I... It's a title card being read by a voice-alike to Robert Stack. <laughs> a Robert Stack impersonator. Exactly. And then, and then we're all good. He's dead, right? Robert Stack? Gotta be. Yes, he passed away yeah. a number of years ago. I there was a funny story that I read about some of the actors they they hired to portray the the criminals in Unsolved mm-hmm. Mysteries is that they constantly got the police called on them yeah. because people would see them on TV. I'm like, oh yeah, there's that person I saw last night kidnapping that poor little girl, but here he is shopping at the co-op. I think I might have mentioned, but my friend Bob actually was an actor on Unsolved Mysteries. The the good thing about it is that he's virtually unrecognizable because he was playing a a very uh, whacked out criminal, and so that's not yeah. how he walked around normally during during his day. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of I liked the uh, sorry, go ahead again. I liked the supernatural unsolved mysteries more than the uh, true crime ones. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, well, I enjoy that stuff for sure. I've always been interested in UFOs and cryptids and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense. Hey, have I mentioned that I'm on a diet again? Again? You were on one last week. Hey, well, I'm still on it then. Have you 
Have you changed it? Um, I just, uh, it's basically, uh, sort of the Boaz Frankel diet still. I, okay. I eat little during the day and then I have kind of a, a meal. A huge dinner. At night. No. <laughs> a sensible dinner. A sensible dinner. dinner. What, what, what? A shake yeah. for Isn't breakfast, the... a shake for lunch, and then a sensible yeah. dinner. I'm Tommy Lasorda. <laughs> Oh. What was the name of that product? Yeah. What was that? Yeah. And then that's when you, no, Ben, say, I hate Tommy Lasorda, and you punch the picture. <laughs> I, I don't hate Tommy Lasorda. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's uh, was, uh, Fletch, what? right? Fletch? The Fletch. Chevy Chase Yeah, he uh, says, vehicle? is that you and Tommy Lasorda? I hate Tommy Lasorda, <laughs> and then he, he punches the picture. <laughs> I don't I don't remember that part of the movie at all. I think I'm um, right. I did see an interview uh, with Chevy Chase from the Wall Street Journal, I think. Just some some reporter has like a uh, a good uh, relationship with him. Chevy is um, famously hard to work with. Yes. Um, uh, famously, and I have to say famously because I know about this, uh, racist behind the scenes. Wait, when you say you know about and this, because you, so, you've dealt with this? Because... No, because this, I say famously because the story has gotten out to where some rando like me knows about what's gone right, on right, behind right, the sure, scenes sure. of Saturday Night Live and Community. Um, unabashedly unapologetic, Mr. Chase. Yes. And he's wondering why nobody will hire him. If I remember correctly, I heard a person from the UCB tell a story on one of the podcasts I was listening to uh, that... He was he was talking uh, to Chevy Chase like the, they were giving him a tour or something like that, and at one point in time, Chevy Chase slapped him and said, "Never interrupt me." And they thought oh, he was Jesus. doing a bit, but he wasn't. Yeah, and I and I've always thought about That's that. That's crazy. If if I were gonna go, okay, so as a comedian, right? And I don't know. I don't necessarily think I'm a comedian anymore. I think I've sort of aged and not done it enough out of that uh right role but if i were going to go bad because there are two ways i think comedians go bad one is that they go crazy uh like they take jokes too far and then the other one is that they become humorless those are the two things either you're either you turn down the comedy to the point now where you're just a grumpy old guy or the comedy becomes wild and gets too uh, crazy, and then you're very difficult to deal with. Uh, again, I, I'll give yeah. the Jerry Lewis is the grumpy one. Uh, Jonathan Winters is the crazy one. I would rather it go crazy. <laughs> You'd rather go full on Jonathan Winters. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, there's, I mean, the, the the I find a lot of the older comedians that uh, lambast the PC culture. Yeah. Uh, of modern day sensibilities, that's that's one way the comedians I think age out of fame too. Is they 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 refuse to give in to basically uh, what you shouldn't say anymore. I feel as though, um, and we talked about this maybe a little bit on the podcast before. It's a problem for being a comedian if you're conservative because com- comedy is all about taking risks if you're conservative you don't take and i figured out how you can be a comedian 
and conservative at the same time. It's a very, very special niche way of doing it. You have to be technically good. You have to be able to tell jokes. So like a Bob Newhart, for instance, is more conservative than a lot of people, but he's so good at his delivery. Is he? Yeah. Well, and and I I would say he's not... I, I, there's a spectrum, right? He's definitely not the most conservative guy. But he would be more conservative than, say, um, Eric Andre. If you look at the two of those guys together... Uh, one of them will be considered more conservative, I believe. Oh, by the way, well, it's funny because you also you you also see uh, 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 conservatives trying to be humor, uh, trying to be funny. Yeah, I think Mike Huckabee comes uh, as an example where he makes jokes like quote jokes on Twitter, yeah. and it's there's it just, there's just something seems off he's not whenever... good at the technical execution of a joke that's the problem yeah because well and his premises his premise premises yeah. premise yeah. Pre- his his <laughs> uh, his setups aren't very uh you know right this is one of, this well, is they're, what they're basically it's it's like a bad insult comedian yeah well, well and not even that you know it's it's a I hate to say it, but it's a it's a toddler at the table who knows that there's such a <laughs> thing as jokes and knows that there's some format to it, but doesn't know the format well enough to actually craft a joke themselves. Right. Oh yeah, that's that's the other thing. Uh, a a conservative with good delivery of jokes written by other people can also be funny. Because I. I I really do think I have I've run into conservative people that that can be funny, can be humorous, uh, and it's weird, and sometimes I get disoriented and don't understand what's happening. But uh, like Larry the Cable Guy. Well, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But seriously, I mean, I, I wouldn't I, say that I liked his comedy. But he, he, he knew how to be a comedian. Well, what, what, what I'm saying is that I wouldn't put him necessarily in the conservative comic. That's what he's doing. But like Jeff Foxworthy, same thing. Jeff Foxworthy uh, caters to a conservative audience. But he is not a conservative thinker. He may... I don't know. It's It's... It's a fine line. I've I've not read his book. Well, like Mike Nelson. Mike Nelson is is a conservative guy. Okay. But he's still good on Mr. Sanctuary 3000. Right? Uh he was their their head writer for a while and wrote things. Is this where I say I preferred the Joel years? Uh well, yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> I say it with a straight face. But Ah, and I don't know. I I could be, I could be wrong. But the big thing is that, um, you know, George Carlin gets misquoted a lot on the internet. And the way that you can always tell that he's being misquoted is the person who has misquoted him has him saying something that reinforces conservative values. Right. And the way that you can tell that that's a misquote lots of times is that it's hardly ever funny when it happens. Uh, because they have 
some of the cadence down, but they just, it's not him, basically. And I know yeah, you, they, you and they I... They forget to repeat the punchline. Yeah, you and I used to do a, a bit about that that made Jennifer mad. And Jennifer has shown me <laughs> that uh, that he... Did, made her mad? Well, well, not mad necessarily, but, but like exasperated. Like, he doesn't just do jokes. Like, that is not his only joke format. And she has right. shown me that I am, uh, yeah. It, uh, w- our <clears throat> our George Carlin impression is a is a sort of uh, two dimensional impression. We're doing an impression of a segment of the man, yeah. Not not the actual guy himself. Well, I mean, yeah, and it based on like you know one or two things he says during an hour long set. Exactly. But Carlin too, it, sometimes it makes me sad because I'll go back, you know, I loved Carlin growing up, but I'll, I'll go back and watch some of his some of his later year stuff and it is it does not age well. Yeah. Yeah, that's um I mean, and that's part of it, I think. What we, this is what we get back to, the aging of a comedian. And I think the reason is because as you get older, in general, you become more conservative. In general, there are exceptions. Spike Milligan, for instance, went crazy. Uh, Jonathan Winters went crazy. Uh, Billy Connolly, not necessarily crazy. Did he really get that old, or did he just get older? That's a that's a question. But Carl, well, we, I mean, we also we also didn't know Billy Connolly until he was pretty well established. Yeah. you know, until he was pretty old and. And Carl Reiner, uh, if you watch him on Conan O'Brien, stuff like that, a little bit in the nutty camp, and that's fine, too. And that's <laughs> that's how I would like to be remembered, as more of a nut than a grump, I guess. Alrighty. Well. So we'll see what happens. Keep, keep, <laughs> keep working on turning into a nut, in that case. Uh, and we can do some of it more next week hey, on the Goody Lawrence Podcast. Yeah, Ben. And, uh, it, it is uh, 4th of July weekend. So uh, yeah. during that, I want you to be safe, both in your interaction with others and, of course, if you happen to handle any fireworks, please uh, be safe. But while you're being safe, I would also like you... To keep it wrong. Yeah. I, uh, I too, would like to remind you to keep it wrong and to, of course, remind you that all countries matter on this 4th of July weekend. Hey, thanks, Ben. That's a, that's a great sentiment. And uh, <laughs> I just want to say that, yes, all countries matter, but right now we're specifically talking about the United States of America and uh, all the problems that <laughs> it's facing uh, from yeah, yeah, we have it so hard. The international police. So, uh, with that being said, all right. Uh, yeah. Again, keep it wrong, Ben. And thank you. All right, I'll talk to you yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.